morning, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here on a... I go, here's my weather report right away. It Don't panic, okay? Don't panic. You know, if we're in a little bit of a a little bit of a chill spell, I know a lot of people, I don't know, for me it was great sleeping last night with the windows all open and just freezing. I loved it. Yep. Loved it, loved it. Your plants are fine, but uh, we're not gonna... up north, they're not. Oh, really? Have little you... frost, little right? frost. Little frost. There was actual frost, huh? In Ely, yes. And oh, I kept, my God. we went up and I bought, I got the garden all ready to go, yep. but I did not put any plants in because I looked at the weather report. I'm like, it's going to be frosty. Yeah. So I kept, I bought some plants, but I kept them in the house and I'll make the attempt next weekend. Okay. And we are going to actually have so much planting and gardening chatter this next hour. Yes. I'm so excited. We've got Larry Farr. Mm -hmm. I'm growing with Larry, I think is, is it his Farr Farm, P-F-A-R? We'll ask him how you can like connect with him, but he is the Wagner's Greenhouse resident expert. He works at Channel 5 here. He does the gardening segments. We're going to have him talk with us about herb gardens and vegetable gardens, container gardens, your tomato <laughs> questions. Like, yeah, we got it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put on the Facebook page right now. I'm going to I'm just going to start a little chat that says, do you have any questions? Yes. That you want to ask gardening questions, planting questions, vegetables, flowers, any sort of those kinds of questions. We're going to put a little question spot on the Facebook that you want us to ask Larry so that, you know, that so that we don't have to worry too much about phones either. And yep. we can just kind of get it rolling since it's happening next hour. So you have time to think about it. Maybe look at your grass, decide what are you going to ask, and uh, and then we'll get it rolling on that one. I love it. I know. Uh, Steph, you, I, I mean, it's Art of World this weekend. Have yes. you been seeing the, there was an epic party, I think, at Indeed Brewing. Oh, there is all weekend. Yeah, the Whirly it, Gig. Yeah. Whirly Gig is back. super fun. Um, um, it's going to be, I know, it's, there's last, there's also a Prize has got a huge block party. Yes. Um, we have, of course, uh, Bauhaus always has liquid zoo at Bauhaus is nuts. I saw, and I think it was at Bauhaus, like, uh, maybe like a disco band that had a Napoleon dynamite lookalike doing dancing. Oh, I didn't know that. Hysterical. Well, it's, you know, it's their, that's their house band, the Viva Knievel. Have you heard that? That's their, that's the Bauhaus house band. Okay. That was what exactly it was. And it looked real fun. It's the Brewers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but there's a lot of great stuff. I mean, like there's there's a lot of the food trucks are engaged. Let's just call them engaged all weekend long. You're gonna find food trucks all over Northeast Minneapolis. There's lots of good things. There's a lot of great. Did you know, like the Sugar Hill Gang is here tonight? I think at the three three one club. Uh no. Rappers delight. Hello. Hop. Hey, but hey, 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 Can you do the whole thing? No, I cannot. I cannot. I, I can, and they, you know who else can? Who? Um, Sandra Bullock. Oh. Really? Yeah. I saw her do it on like James Corden or something. Oh, sure. Sure. Or like celebrity, whatever that is. Karaoke. Um, So that's happening. I'm excited to kind of, I'm actually going to, we're going to go and and tool around and look at some art because there's some great poster sales um, at Workshop, which is next to kind of by the um, Quincy Street, you know? They have a poster sale happening at Workshop. So you, you know what I mean? Like if you're looking for kind of art that's accessible, Maybe not making the hugest commitments to things. You know, I have the kid in tow finally. So I'm going to, we're going to just kind of go look and see some stuff. I, one of the things I love about Art of World and just art festivals in general is you can find $10 things, $50 things, $800 things, like whatever your need is or whatever you're looking for, everyone can participate. And you can just observe too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just being in a creative space. 
Walking with someone's from, fabric art is yeah. pretty cool. Well, and yeah, and just seeing what people are doing and kind of getting the tenor, the mood. And, and do be aware there are some artists who will have you put your mask on if you're indoors. You know, just bring one in your pocket if you don't, you know, it's been a while for me to have one on. But I'm absolutely going to be ready for that. Um, but it's just interesting to see there's some really great demo, demos happening this weekend, too. One of the ones I really want to do was this oil work on canvas this cold oil kind of idea or cold wax and oil work and i just the way that like artistic technique is so part of like my journalistic mind you know where like i really want to learn how they're doing these beautiful things and so i don't know i'm not gonna make everything and you know this is the largest uh open gallery basically crawl in the country i did not know that the largest one in the country this doesn't happen anywhere else on this scale and um, and it's just this is it's almost impossible to see it all. Yeah. But the fact that it's back this year and that means that people are so excited to sort of participate and be a part of it. Be aware parking will be crazy. Casket Arts Building, Northrop King Building. Northrop King is kind of the epicenter. I mean, people, that's a great place to kind of go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Solar Arts, which is by Indeed, above Indeed. If you're going to do the Quincy Street thing, you've got a lot of great ideas. And then you can stop for food and snacks, too. <clears throat> Animales will have their truck out there. Central will have um, uh, tacos and their taco stand, and they've got a great patio. Indeed will have food out there. Red Cow's doing burgers, I think, at Indeed. They've yeah. got a tent mm-hmm. set up. Um, just super fun. Get yeah. out. <clears throat> it's a little Sorry. chilly. It's perfect for walking around. I think this is the best This is the best weather where you're yeah. not like, you don't have to bundle up and like make sure that every piece is covered. But And, and I you're not scorching rain. in the sun. And I don't think it's going to rain. So I think that we're set on that. So that's kind of nice because um, I did one year. I remember doing this like a bunch of years ago and it was just pouring and everyone was still just dancing it. Indeed, we like, did that. The year. early gig was on. And remember, and this is a rain or shine thing. And here's the other good news. Most of the music that is being played is all ages and it's free. And then you just have to be 21 plus to drink. So that's kind of the nice deal that you can just kind of like you can have your kids in tow and you can all hang out. And there's kids and dogs and art. And, yeah, and there is a there is a tiny Tim's uh, tiny Tim's whatever car or something. There's a there's an auto there's a car crash. There's like a giant like truck that's gonna like land on top of a car. It's like a like a scene. That's like, funny. That's awesome. Let's have that. There are art cars too that'll be out and about. Um, they're not in an official capacity, but there's just there'll be art bikes. Like when you go to Art World, <laughs> you just see tons of cool fun stuff. Yeah. Um, the other, but the other thing that is, uh, happening of course is VCon and we just, I just want to touch on the VCon thing. Please do. Because when I saw you and Allie there, I I was like, wow, taking one for the team here. I have decided I'm usually pretty good about technology. I'm kind of into it like to a degree, Very into it, Uh, but I have like decided NFTs might just pass me by and cryptocurrency is probably also going to pass me by and it might be okay. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people are trying to decide like, and and you're in a place that's okay. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're not in this, you're not, you're in, and I hate to say it like this, but you're in a place where you're older. I'm not the demo. (laughs) Well, you're, yeah, you're not the demo and you're not trying to build this like a massive thing of wealth, which I think a lot of these kids are not like, this is truly sociologically. Some of them are like, what other way do I have it? I've been, you know, I have, maybe I have too many student loans. I can't, yeah, like, it's all about I, there's no wealth like, creation. Well, but think about it. It's that's America. And like, this is maybe potentially a new possible way for people to get rich. Yeah. And generationally, maybe start something that like if their parents weren't rich, they can't buy a house. Like, this is all part of this. Like, this, you know, idea that there's 
a whole generation that doesn't have that ability to do that. And so what they're really kind of looking at is maybe possibly um, finding a way in to that American dream. You can't you can't fault them for that. I don't know if it's not a scam. I don't know. Yeah, it's all it's all very interesting. I like the NFT aspect from an artist standpoint, like Kai Aarons, who's a local. He's in L.A. now, but he grew up here and he was a local artist and he sold one of the first NFTs that I was aware of in the art world. Yeah, that's interesting to me. But I just I still don't like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. They're in town. If you see some guys hanging out and around a lot of bros, a lot of tech bros, this generation's Oprah, lots of black T-shirts. Someone him. I was like, there's a lot of black T-shirt action here, but most of them have like QR codes and they're like they have the picture of their NFTs on it. You know, they're wearing them and all that stuff. Cool. Lots of cartoon and anime. So those guys are hanging around town. If you see some of them, I don't know. We were laughing about the crossover, actually, between the fact that we have the largest actual art gallery. Gallery crawl, and now we have the very first NFT art gathering that is digital art, and like those two things happening at one time in one city, it's kind of strange. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. All right, you guys, stay tuned. We have a great show today. We're going to talk about uh, we got some rhubarb chit chat coming up. Rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarbish, rhubarbish, and we have Stephanie Meyer coming on a little bit later to talk about a challenge that she's doing. So we've got some to, just a little reset. We've got some great stuff. And then, of course, get gardening with Larry Farr. Again, we have the question up on the Facebook. If you have uh, gardening questions, you want to stick them there. If not, we can do it live. It's okay, too. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071, brought to you by Hornitos. Hornitos. All right, friends. I want to talk to you about something that is happening in your gardens, if you're a gardener. But it's also happening at the grocery store and it is happening at farmers markets and that is rhubarb season. I feel like Minnesota is a unique rhubarb place because it is a cold weather crop. It is a zone 3 zone 4 situation and you eat the stalks of the rhubarb, you don't eat the leaves. And it's very tart. A lot of the <laughs> recipes are you add a lot of sugar. There are sweet and there are savory recipes. But I am crazy about rhubarb. And probably the number one thing that I do with it, and I've got recipes for all these things I'm going to tell you about, is I start out and I make either I make a rhubarb syrup. So what I do is I cut the rhubarb into little chunks. I add sugar. I add a little bit of water and I cook it down and I get what I'll call like this rough jam. And then I press those solids through a sieve and I get like this syrupy Concoction, sure, which I use sure. for drinks mostly. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Shocking. But um, then I take that leftover stuff that's inside the funnel that I've or the sieve that I've pressed the solids through. Yeah. And I that I just will call it rough jam. And I use that in muffins. I use that in breads. I use that in um, salad, like a salad dressing. I use it to, you can add it to like a barbecue sauce to make like a savory sauce. I also make a lot of things like I take some of that syrup and you can make a shrub with it. So syrup is basically rhubarb, sugar, and water. Shrub is basically rhubarb, vinegar, and water. So just a little bit different profile. But once you've made syrup, then you can go back and make shrub. And when you have shrub, you can make marinades and salad dressings and i have two big hunks of rhubarb i have the rhubarb at my new house that i brought from my old house and then remember the year i had none yeah 
and that was like the saddest year ever. But I was I went to the farmers markets and just loaded up. Yep. And you can freeze it, mm-hmm. so you can cut it into hunks and then freeze it and cook it later. And the consistency is different because the cell wall has broken down. Sure. But it still makes a good like syrup or a good jam. Yep. And then you can also, um, I have it at my cabin up at um, up north too. So my rhubarb season is about six weeks. Hmm. And you, some people use the rhubarb like in the beginning. It's like the freshest, the best, the huh. But some people use it until like literally there's barely any left to use. It's hard to kill rhubarb. You're supposed to leave some stalks yeah. standing so that you don't decimate the plant by harvesting it all. I just planted some in my driveway area, and because of that, what's funny is that I don't, I don't love rhubarb. We know this if you've listened to the show, but I like. Like being a person who has rhubarb for some reason, and you like bringing it to I me. I like which bringing I it to people, and so I started planted one, and I plant, and I re- and I'm going to ask Larry this because it was sort of after I dug up the area, it was a very sandy kind of not really rich soil, and I wonder if it's going to. And already one thing is looking real dead, so oh, I don't know if it's going to work. So I'm interested to ask him about that. Okay, because I feel like it's so hard. I know this is the thing is I was like, well, this will work here. Yeah, it was really rocky and sandy, and I thought. But there was some brown dirt in there, so I have one stalk that's good and one that is not happy. All right, but the bulb still might continue to grow right. because um, also it's deer resistant. So yeah. I have deer all over the cabin, and yeah. they just like say hi when I walk out. They don't even care about me. Literally, they don't even move. Right? They don't care about my dog either. No, they just stare at each other. Yeah. Um. But if you want, so. Probably my easiest way to use rhubarb and one of the easiest recipes is a very Minnesotan thing. It is the rhubarb custard bar. Yes. And the way you make the crust is it's flour, powdered sugar, butter, and vanilla, and you press it into the pan. So you don't even like have to like make dough. Right. You're just pressing stuff. Yes. And then you're just cutting up your rhubarb into quarter to half inch pieces, tossing it with a little flour, a little salt. And then you're mixing up eggs and sugar and just pouring it over that. Yeah. And you get this bar that's sort of custardy and the crust Dense. isn't. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like more of like a cookie kind of on the bottom, but it's a little mudgy because yeah. it's not hard. Because it hasn't been baked uh-huh. into a hard. It's not like, yeah, it's not a crust really even. It's almost just like a base. Yeah. Like yeah. a lemon bar base. Yeah, kind of like, like that. that. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the easiest <laughs> recipe for rhubarb that I can think of. Yeah. And if you have it and you're not a big cook, but you like that sort of bar, bar. it's a good recipe. Um, so I'll post that one. Then we talked about making the rhubarb syrup, but what do you do with the syrup? Like, right. I hate to be obvious, but you can make rhubarb margaritas. Sure. So you'd use that with simple syrup and your tequila, and you're going to use it as flavoring. You can use it as a gin and tonic. Yeah. So you'd have a jigger full of gin, a jigger full of rhubarb syrup, finish with your tonic. Put a little thyme in there if you want, a little rosemary. Yeah. You could also make like a vodka rhubarb lemonade. I have a recipe here for a vodka rhubarb lemonade that is made with the syrup. You can do a rhubarb spritz. So you put a little bit of rhubarb with a little bit of Aperol and yep. you kind of have that orange rhubarby situation going. You can make um, salad dressing with rhubarb shrub or syrup. So if you think about it, you're just going to have your acid and your oil. The shrub could be the place of the acid. Yep. So you're going to have one third acid, two thirds oil, essentially. Yep. You can um, use, here's how you use, here's what I like to use. When I make that syrup and I have that leftover rough jam, I 
take, I make like a basic muffin mix or a quick bread, either or. And then I take those dollops of this rough jam and kind of put them in the middle. Yeah. And then I finish with more base on the top. Sure. And then I take like a knife and I kind of just swirl around a little bit so that you end up getting a muffin or quick bread that has the rhubarb jam sort of swirled throughout it. Yeah. If you're fancy, you can add a streusel. I usually don't because I don't love streusel. You don't love streusel? I don't. Um, We talked a couple weeks ago about scones. Rhubarbs make great scones. You, I have a scone recipe that is very much like Cafe Astoria's delicious cake, cakey scones because I researched it. And I don't like a salty scone like they make in Britain. I don't want one that's going to be like hard with tea. I want one that's more like cake or coffee cake. Yeah. Um, I'm going to so, make you some Welsh cakes. Yeah, you at should. Some point. That was the texture that I was looking for in what I like as a scone. We talk every year too, and I finally made this. I made a rhubarb honey cake. It's just like an eight by eight or a nine by nine. Yeah. With the stalks. And you and I have talked about you see I've these been beautiful waiting for you. recipes. I'm waiting for you to talk. I like I wanted to jump in like five times because I have feelings about this. <laughs> I know you do. And here's the way that this works. You can't just take like these big, thick rhubarb stalks and put them on the top of your breads, your tarts, your cakes, and they're going to just be delicious. They're going to look real Instagram pretty, yes. but it's too much. They don't break down and you get like these kind of stringy. super fibrous. Yes. So here's the way you go about it. First of all, you peel. Okay. Like every other because you want that outside red color yeah. a little bit, and you want that um, you want ombre kind of, kind yeah, of where ombre. it's mottled color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you peel every other, so you get a little bit of that fiber gone. And then you, if you have a super thick stalk, you cut it. Yeah. So you trim them so that they're thinner. Yeah. And then you can lay them on a cake, assuming that you're going to cook it for at least like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. If you have something that's like a 10-minute bake, don't even bother. No. And nobody eats this stuff. They just look at it. I'm so over this fact that it is beautiful. But this is one of those things. Like, I would like for you then to have to eat it. If you make that picture, I want to have a picture of you also eating it and enjoying it. Yes. Because it's not easy. It's not easy. And, like, the big thing right now, Do you have you noticed, like, the upside-down cake is having a moment? Yes. Pineapple upside-down cake Uh is having a huge moment. The caramelized, sugary top. And so now... They're starting to do rhubarb upside down cakes. Yes. And and I'm like, let's just figure this out, folks, because I don't want you to waste food. I don't want you to get into your cake and be like, eh. And, it, and those would work, but here's how they work. They're not going to work with the big placed logs. They're going to work with them cut into little chunks, sure, and sure. then they can, you know, work. Okay, rhubarb tech. I got all the rhubarb here. I'm going to post these recipes for you. If you try any, let me know. It's always fun to see what you guys make. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on this rhubarb whirly Saturday. Uh, we have a guest on the line. We have yet another Stephanie on the phone. Steph, are you there? I'm there. I'm here. Okay. I'm not there. I wish I were there. <laughs> you are the smire of the Shancy Smart Smire Trio. And <laughs> we are so glad to have you on because, of course, you are the uh, the prolific cook and nutrition guru behind Project Vibrancy. You've been on the show before, but we are here today to talk about something that I think is a really smart thing, especially as we're in spring and we're talking about uh, we're talking about a little reset, a spring appetite reset, aren't we? We are indeed. It's really the second annual. I did it last year, too, and everybody loved it, and people 
<clears throat> you know, just kind of went crazy for it because I feel like I give you this this formula that's sort of behind the scenes that I wish I'd known a long time ago, and I really kind of learned it from my sister, and it, it's a game changer, and it's really easy and fun. Well, and this was, and last year, I think we talked a little bit of, I don't know if you were on the radio to talk about it last year, but I certainly did talk about it last year because I remember this was the first time, and so I don't know if you remember this, that I had downloaded a calorie counting app. Oh, sure. because and I would never done that before. But I was tr- it was a it was basically a macro app. It's not really a calorie counting app. It just is something that is like it like fully kind of helps you understand nutrients, what's in your food, the balance of what you eat and how you eat. Because I was really interested in this as far as you know, you come off of winter and the way that I eat so big and and like I'm very much like stuck in my like warm spots and spaces. In winter, and then when I come into spring, it's like you almost have to figure out how to re rejigger your diet in a weird way, and not like a diet well, diet, just like how you eat. Well, you do, and and I I notice, and probably you've noticed, given exactly what you said, because what you do is what we all do. I mean, how else are we going to get through winter in right? Minnesota? Like it has to be cozy, and it has to be baking, and it has to be all of those things. And then all of a sudden, you know, we go from 20 degrees to 90 degrees and you pull out your summer clothes and you want to eat by your food. But you really your appetite is still stuck on all the big comfort food. And I find myself being really hungry all the time. And I think it's so annoying because I'm like, oh, OK, I, you know, I want to wear my sundresses now and I want to, you know, put on uh, these pants and why am I starving and it's because we're still our bodies are still in comfort food mode but we need some tricks namely to see what we're eating to make sure we're getting enough protein to make sure we're getting enough fiber it's actually really easy to do if you can look at it and see it and tweak it so that you can go from that you know comfort food appetite into um, you know staying full and not having cravings all through the spring and summer too. Okay, so it's called. You're calling it the the spring reset. Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm calling it the spring appetite reset. I'm I'm obsessed with appetite because diets. You know, everybody's done a diet and everybody's you know deprived themselves and and whatever and lost some weight. But if you're hungry all the time, you just can't stick with it, and that's not a lifestyle. Right. And I want this to be. You know, this is purely selfish, but I, I know it's true for all of us. It's, I just want it to be easy. Like, I just want to go about my day and eat food and be full, you know, until my next meal and enjoy the meals, but just not be driven and distracted and have to put energy into cravings and willpower. And, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> that's what motivates me. And then I love to turn around and teach it to my clients. And so that's what this is. This is a very simple window into that underlying system. And once you nail it, you can take it anywhere. Restaurants, travel, you know, obviously your own kitchen. And it really is like a little easy infrastructure and it changes everything. Is it free to participate? And how do you sign up? Because I'm interested in this. I'm I in know my, you are. I'm in my second <laughs> bout of diverticulitis in like six weeks. So I'm just like, okay, okay. clearly my gut is yeah, not happy. I'm so sorry. It's fine. Yeah, it is, um, it is free. It's three days whenever you start. I'm not doing it on a specific oh, you three are. days. Okay. But basically... When you sign up, so you sign up, uh, I'm gonna, I gave you guys yep. the link. We're going to put it on the website. Go, 
perfect. So it's on the website. It's in my Instagram. I'm stephanie.a.meyer, not March. Yeah. Um, and it's there. It's on my Fresh Tart Facebook page. I basically got it all over the place. But, yes, it's free. And then I send you three days of emails that are lessons. And they're easy to follow, and it sort of gives you the background on all of this. And then I toss in a bunch of goodies like a free meal plan, a free cooking class, um, just lots of fun stuff. That's really great. And we great. have a, a live Q&A because people have a lot of questions. And so I, I ha- I'm hopping on Zoom on Monday night, and people you know, can come to that for free and, and answer, ask me questions, and I'll answer them. What do you think is the biggest bill? Like, what do you think are people are like? What is the biggest? What I want to say, like the roadblock for people when thinking about, like, oh, I probably can't do this because of. I think people think it's going to be uh, they're going to be hungry, yeah, which they won't be because nobody wants to be hungry. No, and they think it's going to be too much work. That's what I think is, uh, yeah, right. And it's not a lot of work, and they think it's going to be confusing because let's be honest. How many messages are there about, you know, what healthy eating is? And I really feel like I shoot right down the middle. Like, I'm not super dogmatic. It's just about real food. It's definitely about things that taste good. And I want people to be full and really well-nourished because, you know, women under-eat protein. That's really what you will discover. Okay. I think you discovered it. Yeah. Women under eat protein, and, and that's why your metabolism slows down, you know, as you age, because you can't keep muscle on your body if you're eating 50 grams of protein a day. And it just won't work. And so you have to be eating enough protein, and I really teach people how to do that. How to do that, and that's the difference between, and it doesn't have to be, like, animal protein either, right? This could work for someone no. who's a vegetarian. Absolutely. And I, you know, throughout, I give lots and lots of protein options, um, you know, different types of protein powders, even though the focus is really on real food, but right, eggs, tofu, dairy, non-dairy, legumes, lots of options. I like to use all of those things. I mean, if you combine those things, you really get full, you know, just eating, you know, a bunch of chicken for dinner is filling, but it's not very satisfying, and it uh, and it might not you know last for that long, and it might not prevent cravings. But if you have chicken and you have you know an awesome stir fry, you throw some beans on it, you have you know rice or pasta or whatever you like, then you're going to be full. And I teach you how to do it in a way that. Um, let you lose weight. And this is also, this is important to know because this is like, I know a lot of people like I'm, you know, I eat in a specific way for myself. And then now I have this kid at home, right? Like all of a sudden I'm like a small eater and all of a sudden I've got, you know, giant baby at home and I have to figure out how to feed him as well. And that throws off how I eat. And also the amount of things I cook, you know what I mean? So what I like about yours is what I think that we're talking about percentages, right? We're not really talking about like the X amount of grams because everyone eats differently, correct? That's right. The, the beginning of the reset has you look at what you're eating right now. And then you can see, and I guide you through the places where you can tweak the ratios. That's exactly a perfect way to say it, you're hired. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. It is. For sure. It really is. This, this is, you know, this is taking a look at what you already eat and the things that you really enjoy eating 
and tweaking the ratios so that you get more satiety, more, you know, feeling full for longer yeah. out of it. And it, that's really what it's about. Um, I know that I'm just going to, I'm just, this is a little off topic, but I just want to kind of go for a little more on this because uh, I know that Ellie Kaplan's son, and I actually, she's the second person who's told me that her son is eating so much protein, like that they're so hungry for stuff. Hers is a vegetarian though. And worrying about like needing to get as much protein into their diets. Like what do you feed hungry people who are vegetarian? And, and you know what I mean? But I think, and that's right. a different thing. That's definitely not looking to like reset, but just thinking about your appetite in those ways, they're so different over so many different parts of time, you know? And like, so now at 50, something you know you it's can like eat one meal a day yes you could <laughs> i'm so shocked by how much like a Less young boy food. is eating versus like what i'm eating you know oh my god right well i mean part of it is of course that you know they have a young metabolism they have better mitochondria they're male they have more muscle on their bodies um and muscle is metabolism yeah i really teach that in all of my programs so that if you feel like your metabolism is slowing down and you're jealous of your teenage child's metabolism, <laughs> which we all are, yeah. then, uh, you know, it's because they have muscle. And we all lose muscle, men and women, you know, basically past your late 30s. Yeah. But women really do yeah. because we don't have a lot of testosterone. So that makes protein even more important. And then, of course, you know, doing some resistance training so that you can add muscle to your body Um, but a lot of women go lift weights and they they don't feel like they're getting anywhere and they're not really getting in the shape that they'd like to because they're not eating enough protein to actually put muscle on their bodies so right that's um, it i love all of this i think teenage boys instinctively know it like their bodies are adding muscle they're hungry for protein yeah that's it i'm telling you all right steph this has been stephanie meyer and she's with project vibrancy and she's got a cool very free three-day spring appetite reset um on her site and we're gonna put a link up and it's up it's you can up. sign up so you can sign up and we just oh, it's, thanks, guys. it's just such a great way to kind of re get into the spring form of eating and sort of kind of look at what you're already eating right it's great yep it is it's a good transition we're ready yeah we're so ready we're so ready <laughs> i love it yes all right thanks so much steph we'll talk to you soon and we'll be right back okay thanks guys bye Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, you guys. If you want to give us a call, you want to send us a note on the Twitters or on the Facebooks, we are uh, we are all over the place. 651-641-1071. Uh, and you can just kind of like uh, find out that we have a lot of questions that we're going to answer uh, that have come in from different messages. So let's just get right to it while we're waiting for you guys to call. 651 641 1071. We have a quick um, update too on the rhubarb sitch. And this is from Veronica. She said, I've been making rhubarb upside down cake for years. I cut the rhubarb into chunks and then I roast it for a while to reduce the moisture. It works beautifully. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. That's great. Um, And Stacy tweeted us the rhubarb upside down cake from Melissa Clark, the goddess of food. Is that one who you were just saying? Yep. Oh, I'm a different Veronica and Stacy, different people. Yeah. That is a riot. I just sort of popped into that. Um, okay. So we have a couple questions, but feel free to give us a call. Um, okay. Looking, did we answer this one last week? The suggestions for the drink recipe? No, we just thought about it. Okay. Uh, to you. Okay. So she's looking for suggestions for a a drink recipe to use for work awards post ceremony that could be batched in both a mocktail and one that contains liquor. The event's in June. 
Something crisp and refreshing that wouldn't be too strong given it's for work. I got it. You got it? Rum punch. Okay. Any sort of a punch. Exactly. Yep. So rum punch is going to have, you can have spiced rum and then you can, if you want to amp it up a little bit, spiced rum's lower in ABV than, um, than Bacardi white. Oh, really? For example. So you're going to have a little spiced rum. You're going to have a couple of fruit juices. You can garnish it with a cherry. It is something that you can serve as a mocktail with a little bit of soda water to give it a little bit of effervescence. You could put it in a pretty punch bowl. You could float ice cubes with cute fruits in it. Yep. I would say also if you wanted to do uh, pictures of tea and you could do like an elevated iced tea um, and you do one of them, you know, one pitcher, you know, basically you're using like kind of a, a sweetened tea, but you want to throw in a little like uh, some bitters and some like cinnamon tincture or something like that. And you want to, and then mint and a little bit of lemon. And then one of them you have like some bourbon in and some of them, one of them you don't. It's almost like a julep and a straight mint tea. Love it. It's kind of a nice idea. That's a great idea. Make sure that you mark them correctly. Yes. Um, <laughs> hi. Um, here's one. I don't know. Do you have this one? Do either of you have recommendations for restaurants in downtown Rochester near the Mayo Clinic? Um, um, there's a lot. So there's a lot of restaurants in. There's uh, a red cow there now. Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah. Um, there is, uh, there's the whole restaurant group. Scott Foster's restaurant group is down there and they have a lot of great things. Um, Chester's kitchen and bar is an excellent place down there. Pescara is what I was thinking. So Pescara is a really cute little, uh, place sort of it's, it's, it's a little bit fancier, I would say than, you know, other places down there. Um, another good one is five West kitchen and bar. That's a fun one. That's like a taverny kind of a place. That's got a good vibe to it. There's also a Pittsburgh blue. If you need something oh, familiar. Yeah. And so. sometimes a Pittsburgh blue steak is just fine. Yeah. And there's apparently there's a Crave, but um, I'll just tell you I've that. I've gone to Crave too. Yeah. Open Table has, uh, if you, they have an actual collection of restaurants near Mayo Clinic. Okay. So if you want to go look at Open Table, they've got a bunch for you. Okay. This person wanted us to know that they had some morel mushrooms that they got at the farmer's market last weekend. I yep. know Golden Fig has some too. She added them to her risotto in the Instant Ooh. Pot, which I don't know if uh. I can... I The risotto in the Instant Pot, fine. And then maybe sauteing up your mushrooms. I hope she didn't cook it all together. Yeah. But uh, then she put some fermented mushrooms from the fermentation station oh, yeah. and Parmesan on top. And yeah. she loved it. Fermentation stations around at the farmer's market. They have beautiful fermented things. That's awesome. Hey, we have Brian on the line. So we're going to take Brian because I think we'd missed him last week. Hey, Brian, are you there? I am there. What's How are go- you doing? What's going on, sir? Well, last week you were talking about bread. Yeah. Then you mentioned the Black Forest and it reminded me of my favorite, the brochin rolls. Oh, God, yes. Have you ever tried to make those? I have never tried to make those. Have you? No. Oh. I just I just like to eat them. They're very dense and yes. wonderful with the beef stroganoff. Oh, the, God. Those are so good. I've had those. Brochen roll? Brochen, which brot is bread, and then brochen is like small bread in German. Okay. So they're tiny breads. <laughs> and then are they, do are they have, they oh, have like. they're like, like multi-seed. Yeah. And, yep. They're just really great, though. Have you, and so you need a recipe for those, Brian? You think no, you're going to try just, it? I just, you guys reminded me of them, so okay. they're always my favorite when I go there. Good hint. Good Small hint. bread, hard right. shell on the outside, beautiful, fluffy, soft inside. Yeah, they're good. Thanks, Brian. Yep, bye. Um,
They also have Spargle, you know, Spargle Fest. Asparagus. We're loving the Spargle Fest. I and have lots of little asparagus. Do like, you? Yes. And I, I did was see, just staring at them. I kind of, I almost bought an asparagus plant at the farmer's market because I was like, oh, I really kind of loved having asparagus. Do it. In the it last takes house. a couple of years to establish it. Right. So you won't get them this year, but then you'll get them next year. And then the third year, you can really go to town. I need to figure out where they should be, though. If it Maybe should be that's in the front a question for Larry Farr, or the who's back. coming up next hour. Too true. Um, okay, did we do the chicken wing one? I can't no. remember what we've done. Uh, we are thinking of serving a variety of chicken wings, both traditional and boneless, for my son's grad party. We'd like to have it catered. Either we could pick them up or have them delivered and set up. We live in Big Lake. Is there a place you'd recommend? I did recommend um, Red Cow because they've got good boneless and bone-in, and they have a huge catering platter. But well, they also, do. Yeah, they do. Serums would also do. You can get like. Serums might be closer if they're in Big Lake. They have tons of different flavors and you could order like big trays of them. Um, also, the, the smoked wings from Famous Dave's Barbecue oh. are real good. Are they really? Yes. Okay. So don't overlook that as a choice. Right. Okay. That's good. That's nice. Good answers. Um, I was only going to say you can get runyons but i mean like you know runyons coming all the way downtown for runyons when you can get all of those probably in a different way it might be better and if you're doing a grad party you might want different flavors yeah. and they did want a veggie like a cauliflower wing too which red cow has good cauliflower wings okay all right all right here's a good one if we don't have any callers 651-641-1071 hi ladies i'm stumped my husband's 50th is next month and i'm trying to find a place to hang with five to six couples so 12 people-ish I was going to plan a dinner, but a table with that many isn't fun because you can't gab with everyone. True. We live in Northeast, so I thought I would get some charcuterie boards from Nosh and Gather and have everyone go to a brewery. But what are the chances of scoring a table? It's a Thursday night. Any place you can think of that we can reserve that isn't a sit-down meal? I can't think of any ideas. Um, I gave her Abel Seed Brew House. I mean, they don't do food, so... Well, she's saying, right, because she's saying bring that in. She can bring it in. So I think that if you... I, I also think that if you talk to... Um, you can probably grab a table. They could reserve a table for you ahead of time if you're willing to, like, say... Lakes and Legends? Yeah, Lakes and Legends. Just Bauhaus. If you're on a Thursday night, yep. you could have... You you could say, hey, can we pull over a table, put some signs on it that says reserved. We'll pay you, you know, you would have to probably check them like a hundred bucks or something like that. Then you can bring in your Nosh and Gather boards and you can just, like, hang out. But you could have that table and you can mill around it. Like, you don't have to, like, necessarily... Bad Weather Brewing, too, has a little separate side room yeah. that you can reserve. And you maybe don't need to reserve the whole room, but I'm sure they could put a couple of reserve signs on a table for you. Yeah. Um, okay, ten, five to six couples. Here's what I'm going to say. This is a little bit, this is a leveling up. But, you know, you can now reserve Jamie Malone's petite atelier, her little room. And five to six couples, 12 people, you could just have a, like a noshery. You could go to this great looking loft in, in the North Loop. And basically she could set you up with a whole bunch of different appetizers. And you guys could just stand around and like, it's like an apartment. It's like a New York apartment that you get to be in. It's very cool. Yeah, it's I would do cool. that in a heartbeat if it's the 50th, especially because then you're not around other people. You're just with each other. I love that idea. Um, okay, I'm looking for recommendations for a good restaurant to celebrate my mom's 75th birthday. There would be anywhere from four to 11 people and all live west of the cities, but would be fine with Minneapolis as well. Something fun and memorable would be great. You had talked about the chef's table at a restaurant, but I don't remember the name. Thank you so much. Okay, we're going to have to answer that one. On the other side. On the other side. We have one other one about kid patios from our friend Vanessa from Cheesecake Funk. Okay. We'll talk about that when we come back. We'll be right back. This is a weekly dish.